what is the first law of attraction? Become attractive. Yeah. Become attractive so that you can attract the people into your orbit to get you to where you want to go faster. And this doesn't mean your looks or changing your hair. It's what are the thoughts you think? Are you a thought leader? Do you have original thoughts that people would be attracted to? Hey guys, Jason Witten here and welcome to this episode of the podcast where I'm joined by Pauline Newen, an amazing lady called the spiritual entrepreneur. Uh, her story is amazing, but one of the things that I took away from this conversation with Pauline is you are not your story. Your past is not your future. You are in charge of creating, making the future right now with the things you do, believe, say, the actions you take. It's a powerful conversation. I loved it. I hope you enjoy this conversation of the Wealth Faculty with Pauline Newen. So, hey, Pauline, welcome along. Thank you for joining me on my podcast, The Wealth Faculty. Awesome to see you again. The pleasure and the privilege is mine. Thank you for having me. The joy, it's my joy to be here. Yes, uh, you joined us a few weeks ago with our members in our mentoring program and they're still raving about you, I see. Yay! <laughs> that, was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. It was awesome. It, it, it was a real special, uh, real special presentation too because your, your genuine human uh, warmth came through and, you know, um, it, was, uh, it was very nice. And uh, like I said the other day, I think uh, one of the... Uh, one of the most popular voted um, speakers we've had in the mentoring program. So uh, awesome to be catching <laughs> That's up. That's one, wonderful to hear. Thank yeah. you. It's one of my highest values to give um, potent value exchange through um, authentic expression. And uh, today, um, it'd be great maybe to dive in a little bit of detail about the story and the conversation you told the other, the other week uh, with the team. And really, um, you know, the wealth faculty is a little bit of a play on words. The podcast for me is about, um, you know, uh, certainly for me and my sort of 18-year entrepreneurial journey uh, in business, faculty can mean two things. It can be your, your own faculties, the mental, emotional, spiritual things you bring to your performance in your world. Um, yes. And uh, also the faculty you surround yourself with, those, those people, those experts, the people who lift you up, uh, hold you up, help you out, or you turn to on those times of toughness or need or whatever it might be. So, and the faculty of life. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Another third, a three dimension to it. I like that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, that's kind of the theme of today's conversation. Really, maybe the undertone of the conversation is about those combination of faculties and, you know, uh, hearing your story and, and uh, understanding, you know, um, uh, a little bit about your story from what you told us the other night, um, maybe a good place to kick off and, and start the conversation a little bit, you know, give us a bit of background for where you came from, really, um, um, you know, your life history and experience has really moulded you or forged you in the fires of whatever it has been, um, mm. you know. Um, so maybe for the listeners, give a little bit of a background there. I know many people can catch up on your full story with your books and other bits and pieces, but to give the conversation some context today, sort of where did it all begin, Pauline? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, to put it in the framework of the theme of faculty, um, everything that I share 
in my present space about my history is uh, a story. Uh, yeah. It's a, a, her story. I speak it and share it in service of others. Uh, I am no longer that person, right? Um, mm. And so I, I share that story from uh, the position of, uh, if I could use a metaphor of the black swan or the white swan of someone who has already evolved and developed, I don't tell that story from the injured duckling. Um, yes. it, it's an important piece to frame. And so uh, how do I know, how do we know that it was all meant to happen? Because it fucking happened. <laughs> yeah, because it did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, um, when Saigon fell to communist rule, my father, who played, he was a lieutenant in the army. He was determined that if um, we didn't escape, he would be taken and put into the re-education camps, mm. and they brainwash people. And it was, I would rather die than be put into a re-education camp. It's not enough that they want to take our freedom. They want to take our thoughts as well. And understanding that, um, okay, so they'd lost the war. It was now going to become a communist regime. And big decision, like so many of my fellow countrymen, his decision was to build a boat and smuggle himself and his family out to sea. He was determined that if we died, we will all die together. Wow. So we spent nine days out at sea. Um, he didn't know the seas. He had a rudimentary compass and a, and a map, you know, and... It was our family and three others, so all up, um, six adults, six children. And we ended up in Thailand where we spent a very difficult year in a refugee camp there. We were only meant to stay a few months, but we spent a year there in a lean-to tent. Um, and it was where my brother Luke was born. Um, some of you may know my brother Luke, the, the famous chef. And um, he was born in the refugee camp. Uh, in a tent. <laughs> and so my brother, Lewis, Luke and myself were very young when we came to Australia. I came to Australia when I was four. Um, Lewis was three. And my father suffered terribly from uh, PTSD, not only from um, the horrors that he witnessed in the war, uh, but also from his own upbringing. Trauma passes down through the generations if it's mm. not uh, addressed. And then coming to a new country with nothing, this caused a whole lot of trauma and ang anger and anxiety. And so uh, he doesn't have the tools or the awareness that we have now, but he had nowhere to dump his anger so he dumped it on uh, my mother and us kids. So those, growing those up him. Yeah. was shit. <laughs> growing up was terrible. I, um, it was a very uh, violent household, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of beatings. There was uh, fear. The, the smell of fear was everywhere. I know what fear smells like. And so if we were to fast forward it now, Jason, I can look back and we all have a choice. Pain is inevitable. That yeah. is part of life. Pain is inevitable, but suffering is the choice. And so I tell that story in service of others, but I'm no longer that person, you see. It's and no so I your identity that you you come from. It's it's an experience that you tell that, the story that, that that I went through and, and I look back and I see that as my training. Yes.
Yeah, and I saw I was reading that, and and I'm fascinated about that. And today, I'd love to ask you a few questions about, you know, um, you know, resilience. You know, it's a word that's thrown around these days: resilience and grit and and, and whatever. You know, Pauline, do you believe um, that uh, you need to have that type of experience to to end up with resilience or grit? What happens with you know the majority of people who who would not go through such an extreme experience as you in your childhood, um, you know, um, do you believe you have to have that experience to, to have this awakening, this breakthrough, whatever it is, or do you think you can seek it out because um, from comfort um, and, and uh, you know, find it in a different way than, you know, the way you've, you, 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 you had the experience, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I, I know plenty of people who've had amazing childhoods um, mm. and have come to um, uh, be very spiritual, be very aware and understanding that life is full of challenging situations, challenging times and challenging people. And we owe it to life. We owe it to life to not play safe. And so people... Are, um, think they have a fear of uncertainty. It's not uncertainty that they fear. It's their projection of whatever it is that they fear that they project in the uncertainty. And yeah. if, if we can understand the physiology and the science behind it, um, when we feel that fear in our stomach, when I feel that fear in my stomach, it's the, hey, my body, my instrument of consciousness, my body telling me, hey, Pauline, this is just something you've not done before go ahead and do it because on the other side, understanding that the universe will never hand to us that which it does not think we cannot handle. <laughs> and so if we know that as uh, people say, uh, you know, I, I, I survived the darkest nights of my soul. It's like, you know that you don't get gifted that you don't get gifted the darkest nights of your soul unless the powers that be already know that you can handle it. You now just simply need to make the decision whether you're going to step up or not. And so understanding that we owe it to life to be able to um, build that callus, build that, that callus. Or people say, you know, uh, um, uh, when I have the courage or when I have the confidence, I'll become a speaker. Or when I have the courage or when I have the confidence, I'll go climb that mountain. But don't you see that going and keeping on doing it is actually building the muscle, building up the callus so that we don't wait for it. We keep on doing it so that it comes closer to us. And the idea of um, uh, having to have gone through some terrible, terrible things in, in the past in order to have some sort of a desire or, or awakening, it's a purely a case of speed, I believe. Right. Um, if that happened to, if you get there faster, but if it doesn't, Decide. Never underestimate the power of a decision. If you decide that you want uh, to play a different game, then all of that can happen faster. Seek that stuff out. I was just, uh, I was actually listening to a podcast about the Spartan, the Spartan race, and um, you know, the idea. Have you been? Uh, no, I haven't, and I'm fascinated because that's something that I love to do. I, you know, I, I rock climb. I'm out near. I like yeah. to sort of live on the edge um, in my spare time when I'm not being a dad and a, uh, an entrepreneur, but. Um, you know, the idea that, you know, in some way, shape or form, we can seek out those things that push us to our physical, mental, spiritual limit to really find, you know, that uh, we won't break. We're, we're capable of so much more 
um, yeah. in, in that. Uh, you know, for you, when did that realization uh, come for you as an entrepreneur? I mean, you know, reading some of your stuff, you know, you went to work at age seven, like, you know, like, uh, I didn't have a choice though, Jason. I didn't I have no a choice. choice right? yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you had to go to work and I understand that your family, you know, had, you know, three or four different businesses, you know, um, all one time and you guys, like there was no such thing as a day off. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm fascinated, you know, at some point, when was the awareness for you? Like when did the awareness start um, where you're saying, well, maybe, maybe this is not, you know, maybe there is some other things I can choose. Like, like how did that come about for you? Well, I've done three spider races. <laughs> I've passed that stage. There's like, what has my life already demonstrated to, to get to a point where it's like, what has my life already demonstrated? And so if we don't set ourselves a new benchmark, a new benchmark, a new benchmark, how can we reach the next best version of ourselves? Mm. Every next level, must demand and command a new level version of ourselves. But back to your question, um, I started working when I was seven. My parents uh, were, my father was quite the entrepreneur. It wasn't an ideas issue, it was a focus issue. <laughs> as, most, as most entrepreneurs have that bright shiny stuff, focus issue, you know. Yes, yes, and so yes, um, yep. the businesses that my father had, first we had a video library. Um, he also had uh, a restaurant. He had Cabramatta's very first cafe. He was Cabramatta's very first barista. We had Cabramatta's very first video library. Cabramatta's very first ice cream parlor. The <laughs> ice cream was delicious. That's where I, I started making ice cream at a very young age, like professional, delicious, fresh fruit ice cream trained by the masters. Um, and then he also operated a driving school on the side. So we had this incredible, um, um, work ethic that was instilled into us. It was all about work ethic. And he was quite militant in that respect, it, um, going to work on time, um, uh, always doing our best. And what I am so appreciative of is we had this incredible sense of mastery. Mm. Uh, he was always, um, if he had, he cooked this amazing broth, but it wasn't never good enough how can I tweak it some more? How can I tweak it some more? Uh, we made uh, waffle cones. It wasn't good enough that he just bought the same stuff in the box. He had, we had to make the waffle cones. How do we get it crisper? Um, you know, how can we get the cappuccino froth better? There was always this sense of mastery. Yes. And um, I took that work ethic. What my parents did was show me a sort of an anti-model an anti-model on uh, how, well, how, how to not live my life, how to treat yeah. my children yeah. um, and how to not do business. It very much uh, it was for the, 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 their, um, their age group and also the circumstance. It was very much about uh, exchanging your time for money yes. uh, to, to have any sense of play or to have any sense of joy meant uh, your bludging or it meant yeah. um, you are being lazy. That, that, was, that was their mindset. That was their mentality. And so I see it as a blessing because I don't, I don't do that now. But back to your question, Jason, where I really experienced that was when we first opened Red Lantern uh, mm. almost, almost 20 years ago now. And when we first opened, um, Mark, Luke and myself, we were working 80, 90, sometimes 100 hour weeks. Yeah. Uh, we were working so much 
tired all the time. Um, I developed alopecia um, where the hair falls out due to stress. My body ached constantly. We just worked, 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 worked. And there was a point where um, it was because we, we won all these awards and the wait list was so long, that was all that mattered. And it didn't matter how many awards we had on the walls. We were miserable. Mm. We were miserable. We were tired of being tired. And one morning we, um, well, I say morning, it was 2 a.m. It was actually the end of a, a, a big shift. We just sat around and said, what are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? Look at us. We look like shit. We've all lost so much weight. We're, we can't even uh, play. And it was really at that point that we made the decision to um, do things very, very differently. Yeah. Do things very differently. Not, we're not, of course, we're not afraid of working hard, but, um, and it's an adage, you know, yeah, we, we're not afraid of working hard, but we work hard and work smart now. And to the point where um, one of my values is it must not feel like hard work. <laughs> it mustn't feel like hard work. So um, everything that I do now uh, must have an incredible sense of inner tranquility. Um, pushing humanity forward, evolution, doing it with joy. Inner peace is my destination. Joy is my GPS. So we spend a lot of time in uh, perpetual silliness. Yeah. Well, and it sounds to me that, um, you know, at some point you decided to choose the values you live by rather than maybe um, unconsciously express them, maybe somehow you learned them, you know, when you were younger. So, you know, I'm just wondering maybe, you know, your, your, your father's, um, endless pursuit of, you know, mastery, you know, mm. you know, some of that value, you know, I'm sure showed up in, you know, um, the restaurant being the most awarded Vietnamese restaurant in the world, you know, um, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of the two edged sword, isn't it? In this sort of play, you know, where you, where, where mm. that thing was, you know, um, like you said, it was the, you know, you were, you were never happy. It was never good enough. Let's go more, more awards, go for the best, the next best yeah. thing. Um, but then, at some point, it sounds like you decided that the values you were living by weren't weren't bringing happiness or fulfillment. Those things were maybe empty or not enough. For, yeah, for they life. weren't. They weren't. They weren't my values. Yeah, I was living someone else's values. Someone else's values. Yeah. And um, once, if we were talking about mastery, it was the mastery of a technician. My father didn't have self mastery. Right. And uh, that is what. Uh, I teach very much in my programs and, and what I speak of and how I coach. Mm. Um, if we want to be influencers, um, we must first influence ourselves. As a leader, we have to influence ourselves first. It must come down to self-mastery. And we're not talking just about mindset. We're also talking about, you know, our heart. How much do you love? How much do you forgive um, how, how generous are you? How abundant are you? And we're also talking about our health, you know? Um, yeah, sure. Everyone breathes, but are you breathing properly? Yeah. Everyone eats. Are you eating properly? Yeah. Everyone moves, right? Are you moving properly? And then of course there is the spirit. Uh, what do you do to remain in spirit and inspired? What are you doing to make your heart sing? What are you doing to feed your soul? Uh, and then how are you sharing that? We are what we share. We cannot hoard our information. The life we live are the lessons that we must teach. And so this is what fulfillment is all about. And uh, fulfillment is the new currency. So you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you're, um, you've got two children, uh, 14 and 10. Is that right? Um, 
Um, 15 and 11. Oh, she's, 11. she's almost 16 now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to children. Uh, and was it a conscious choice? You know, so, you know, I'm a dad of three, you know, my, my wife and I have been together, you know, 28 years now, um, you know, raising our kids and creating a family, um, you know, for you, um, was there a conscious choice at some point to make sure that, you know, maybe some of the, the values that, um, you know, you learned as a child were not sort of passed on or passed on in a much more healthy way with your with your children and your family. I, I know in my uh, network, um, there's lots of, you know, mums and dads, you know, you know, not necessarily business owner entrepreneurs, but they're investor entrepreneurs. They're doing something very different to, yeah. to other people. You know, 1% of the population own three or more investment properties. They are way out there, you know, in 1% land, yeah. you know, and, you know, doing things that are different, doing things that are hard, raising families, um, trying to keep their relationships together, working on themselves. You know, did you make a conscious choice to make sure um, that, you know, some of those potentially um, not so great values were passed on or interrupted or, or whatever it might be when it comes to your family? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was on um, uh, uh, live national television a couple of months ago with my son talking about radical parenting <laughs> really? and I, I, I so appreciated it desperately appreciated it but at the point that really is that really <laughs> radical <laughs> so um very much about expression the only time i lose it is with my daughter the only time where i kind of have to look back and go mm, was any mastery there did i fall from grace <laughs> Did I fall? Yeah, is with my daughter. She's my biggest teacher. Yeah. She's my biggest teacher. But I'm allowed because she's a teenager, right? <laughs> and um, so, um, Jason, very much I make them as self-referent as possible. Mm. I am not a helicopter parent by any, any, any means. Yeah. Uh, I am very mission-driven rather than control-driven because I know that whatever world I play a part in to create, it will be... Uh, playing a part to create a better world for them. Um, that is where my uh, obsession is. And they know it. They, they absolutely know it. And so um, uh, we um, live separately because energetically I need this space. Um, I have, um, I don't check on them for their homework. Uh, they, they are very self-referent. Um, Things like, uh, you know, I'm the kind of mother that will probably push them off that bench so that they fall mm. and learn the lessons faster. I'm not the type of parent that will stand there with the Dettol and the Band-Aids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might give them a little bit more push. Come on. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm, I'm in pain. Pain is an illusion. <laughs> but I'm bleeding. Your bleeding will stop. <laughs> but I bet you won't do that again. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, My children are highly, highly, highly independent and um, highly opinionated as well. But I think as parents, it is our responsibility to have them become as independent, as self-sufficient, as um, self-referent as possible, and to learn as many life skills as possible from a early, very early age, yes. um, because then they can enjoy life without um, having to uh, depend on others. And that's confidence. That's confidence. They've been doing the confidence piece since they're a very young age. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's certainly been my biggest uh, my biggest opportunity to learn and grow being a father um, and yeah. a parent. That's for sure. Um, you know, sometimes I think it's that mirror, that reflection of you yourself. Um, you know, yes. showing up in some of the some of the you know behaviors and things that maybe you know, trigger you with your own kids and sort of it's almost like that mirror looking back and going, okay. But, but it is, it yeah. is the, the yeah. most fundamental of um, uh, stages of development. How can I better influence my children? You got to influence yourself first. Yes. Because um, it is impossible. They are at the stage of development. Literally, they are at the stage of development. My daughter, for example, is at, still at conventional. Mm. She's at conventional, post-conventional. Post should they need to go through the levels? And so there's a whole lot of compassion that comes online when we can, when I can see my child and say, okay, Pauline, you have a choice. You have a choice to either fall from grace and lose your shit or understand that not only are we here to teach our children, they are actually here to teach us, to assist us in our level of development. But rather than getting so upset with her being a teenager and a rebellious, and she's stunning, stunning, gorgeous child. Um, and so she's got lots of boys, right? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, oh, it's incredibly social intelligence, physical intelligence. And it is understanding that, man, how can you possibly see from my point of view? It is impossible because you're not at that stage of development so it's my job to hold you there and uh assist in your acceleration but i need to see hold you there so that whole lot of compassion comes online yeah. uh, rather than frustration and holding some high standards for the value of that independence and their their capacity to evolve themselves rather than being um the crutch or the you know um, the helicopter parent really at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. yeah. It also makes our lives easier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Good, right. Um, uh, I was just, uh, a curious, um, Pauline, you know, changing gears a little bit and, you know, maybe shifting into the world of, you know, faculty, the people that you've surrounded yourself with over the years, you know, um, you, know, you don't become the most awarded, um, you know, Vietnamese restaurant in the world by yourself. Um, you know, you don't achieve, you know, the amazing things that you've achieved over the years with, um, you know, your books and your presentations and your trainings and your entrepreneurship and, you know, um, um, you know being named in the top 200 most influential, you know, women, you know, uh, into the future in the world, those things, you know, um, I'm sure um, you have um, uh, over time surrounded yourself with great people um, and also in uh, reverse, maybe had to let some people go in your sphere of influence, your circle. Could you talk to, talk to that for a little bit for those listening in, you know, um, because a lot of us, and I remember this for myself, uh, I grew up in a very small town and, you know, I felt, I felt if I was ever to try and do something that was sort of out of the normal, then I'd be almost ostracized by the people that I loved because I was, you know, too big for my boots or, you know, a show off or you know you know a rich wanker or whatever it might be is that you know? true is that true <laughs> would that really true, happen but... <laughs> is that accurate no, it, it is, is that helpful accurate. is that helpful <laughs> no, absolutely not You're dead right. you know so but you know for, for a lot of people we said that sometimes you know a place where we kind of maybe get stuck in a loop you know um yeah and and that is very much um the 
the projection of our fears in the future, in the uncertain future, it's that understanding that uh, that that is the fear of what other people think, right? But it's not really the fear of what other people think, Jason. It's the fear of what you think the others would think of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that that all came from you. <laughs> that all ca- that all came from you. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, this is when we really have to have a really good look and say, man, are they my? Are they? If we're on the subject of values and faculties, yes. are they really my values? You know, is that? Is it really true? If I do this out of the ordinary stuff, are they really going to ostracize me? <laughs> no, no, they're not really. <laughs> you know, is it helpful? But you, you did it. You got yourself out of there, right? Yeah. And, you, yeah. and, and, and we achieved because we also have to understand how we're designed. Mm-hmm. And um, if we understand how we're designed, this is the self-mastery piece. How do we understand ourselves so completely, so deeply, and then we have uh, less fear. We become fearless, fearless to speak the truth, speak our truth, understanding our truth. And our truth isn't, let's go back into history to find out what my truth is. It's like, well, I really doesn't really matter what my history is. How am I going to design myself so that this becomes my truth? But then we have to continually um, dig and live our lives deliberately and not by default, right? That idea was an idea that was set by default. And so um, I have uh, uh, deliberately designed myself. It's a continual stage. It's a continual process. And so to the point where, um, you know, people think, oh, she, no, she doesn't care. She doesn't give a fuck what people think about it. No, I, I actually care very, very, very deeply. I probably care about humanity more than many people I know. But mm. it, it is that I don't care about the things that they think I should care about. <laughs> it's, it's very different values. You know, I care very deeply, but not about the things you think I should think about, right? I'll care about. And so, um, one of the, one of my highest, highest values is to surround myself with people who can assist in my evolution, um, as well as worthy people, worthy people. I mean, um, people who can contribute to the ecosystem, contribute how I can contribute to their ecosystem. Hey, what are you doing to push forward humanity, man? Because you know, we owe it to life, right? But understanding also that that's how I'm designed. I'm designed to go big picture and come back to all these values. And so it's that, um, idea of the creation of a worthy ideal that's based on uh, integral motivations, global inspirations, but how do we do it always in a state of joy, a state of playfulness, a state of uh, potent value exchange? And so one of the questions I always ask is, um, hey, you want to come come play? How, how are we going to um, contribute? How are we going to contribute to this faculty called life? How are we going to contribute to this faculty called um, self-yourself, your inner kingdom, your external kingdom, your inner ecology? And so um, one of the things that energizes me so, so, so very much is creation and collaboration. So grabbing hold of an idea, a thought, um, and then running hard and fast with it to alchemize it, alchemize it into existence. And what does that mean? That means having the important question, um, who do I need in my orbit to help me to get 
me to where I want to go faster. And this is when we become a badass manifester, right? There's all these other um, um, multidimensional um, stuff that I, I practice and I teach as well. But the most fundamental rule, the law of attraction, what is the big, what is the first law of attraction? Become attractive. Yeah. Become attractive so that you can attract the people into your orbit to get you to where you want to go faster. And this doesn't mean your looks or changing your hair. It's what are the thoughts you think? Are you a thought leader? Do you have original thoughts that people would be attracted to? What are the words you speak? Are you consistently complaining about life? Are you always negative thoughts, low vibration? You know, do you do the um, somatic work, the body work, so that your body becomes this instrument of consciousness to magnetize players and to be uh, magnetic? Are you magnetic or are you repellent? Do you realize how you are operating? Operating. How will you attract these people? Do you understand the weapons of influence, not only to influence yourself first, but to have influence with others? Do you know the laws of the universe to therefore influence the field, the field, the quantum field, the field of all possibility? And so these are, there are conditions though. There are conditions um, to, for people to come into my orbit. Um, is what we're doing uh, pushing forward humanity? Is it contributing to the evolution of myself and yourself? Is it contributing to the evolution of the people who we are creating this product for? Um, and as an entrepreneur, we're not allergic to making money. You know, is what we're doing making money? Because if it doesn't make money, there's a whole lot of pain and trauma and fear and yeah. low vibration. You know, without making money, how, how are we going to have the resources to do more of the stuff that we love? And does what I'm doing continue to connect me with worthy people? And so the way I'm designed is that I can get rid of people who um, are not contributing very easily, very easily. Why? Because one of my greatest values is whatever we're doing together must be fun and it can't feel like hard work. Yeah. And so they're, they're really uh, distinctive values. And so um, when I... When, that you can hear if they're really my values or someone else's values. When there's someone else's values, it's the, you know, I know I should have, I know I could have, maybe that. The language and <laughs> the energy around yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and to answer your earlier question, um, I'm able to achieve what I can achieve because I seek the master's. I seek the masters, yes. but I only seek the masters who have walked the walk, not these textbook coaches. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a subject matter expert. I am a life expert. Mm -hmm. I will only teach from direct experience. And then um, also to understand the laws, when I say the laws of the universe, the laws of influence, the weapons, all those skills in order to attract people into my orbit, to have it fun, to go faster and to understand where I'm not so strong and to get people to come into my orbit who can do the things that I can't do much faster, but with joy. It's fair. It's uh, it's uh, it's a very distinct set of um, you know success. Uh, call them rules. Call them you know uh, um, hurdles for you to say right. Well, if this is not fun, if it's not doing this and this, then um, you know it's not serving. It's not propelling me forward. It's not helping me achieve my greatest gift into the world, whatever that might be. I, I, I love that because, you know, I, I think, uh, I think it was Tony Robbins who, who said, you know, most people, um, 
uh, move through life in quiet desperation or some, something to that effect. And, um, you know, having the, the courage to say, well, no, you know, I'm going to hold my life to a, a standard of, you know, um, these things and, and really going after it and, and refining it uh, along the way. You know, it's based, um, choosing to continually remain in spirit and inspired. Yes. Right? This is what spirituality is. It has nothing to do with religion. Mm. It's got nothing to do with religion. Religion needs spirituality now more so than ever. Spirituality does not need religion. Spirituality means to live our lives in spirit and inspired. What do I need to do to feel the way I want to feel? Because when we play in quantum, when we play with the laws of the universe, we understand that the feeling is the secret. However you're feeling, that is what you're going to match vibrationally and that's what's going to come into your world. And uh, then we understand that, uh, okay, if this stuff works and works so fast, why would we miss a single day? Why would we jeopardize and compromise um, who we hang around? You know, uh, people yeah. say, oh, can, I, can I have a coffee with you to pick your brain? It's like, okay, so what is the potent value exchange? Mm-hmm. What is, what is the potent value exchange here? Because um, if you are not, uh, we are, if we're not of the same vibrational match, if we have no value exchange and all you want to do is pick my brain, do you know how much I've worked and invested in this and my heart and my body yeah. <laughs> and you want to pick it over a $4 cup of coffee? <laughs> uh, yeah. What's the value exchange? And yes. if it, and if it's a horrible experience, damn, I could have spent that with my children. <laughs> um, it's on, the, on the earlier point, Jason, when um, you know, I, I was on another podcast a little while ago and um, Dr. Lucas said to me, uh, Pauline, you're not really concerned about the accolades, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I am. Do you know how hard I've had to work? To get those, I wasn't born like this, mm. and 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 how how does it make sense that because uh, it's always those people who um, have their own particular values and they say, oh, he's not very humble, is he? Or she's not very humble, is she? It's like, yeah, but don't you see that if I'm not going to strive to come first or be the best or win that award, how am I even going to be close to it? Yeah. Um, and and if I'm and if I don't get at least I've you know come second or th- or at least I've stepped up to the next best version of myself, and so why not aim for the top in everything that we do? This is the mastery piece because I have children who are watching me. Yes. I have people who, I'm, who I need to inspire. I need to inspire myself. And then, of course, on a whole business level, and, and, and you would know this as well as so many of your collective, um, that then becomes our competence. Mm. Um, oh, she actually has walked the walk. Oh, he actually can because he's got the competence. He's actually achieved. I'm going to go learn from him. I'm going to go learn from her, not from some textbook coach who has had no life experience. And the reality is, um, you know, those experiences are magnifiers of, you know, of, you know, potentially what you're trying to achieve as well. You know, um, uh, at the end of the day, um, that influence that you might have on those around you and, and um, you know, your, your wider community, the more you can um, have those experiences yourself, the more you can share and magnify and inspire others, you know. Um, well, you can't be an interesting person 
if you don't do, do interesting things <laughs> yes. so that you have interesting stories to tell, you know, what is the first rule of attraction? <laughs> Become attractive. <laughs> Become attractive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And you mentioned something before about, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and you know, enjoying and loving money and like that's part of part of the the game, part of the development, part of the evolution for you. You know, um, I I truly believe about money being a magnifier. If you're a great person, you want to do great things, money can magnify the greatness that you've got um, yes. to give. And, and, you know, in reverse, if you're not so good and you, you know, that'll magnify, you know, uh, maybe a negative trade in some people as well. Um, it always does, right? It yeah. always does. Yeah. We've seen yeah. it happen so many times. So many times. And, you know, mm. speak to me about that. And maybe to those who are listening in, you know, uh, have you always had a very positive relationship with money and wealth or was there a, was there something you had to sort of break through to sort of, you know, um, you know, really um, you know, make that positive for you? So uh, I delegate that. Mm. Uh, I know how I'm uh, wired. I know how I am um, uh, designed. And so the creation of the products of the vehicles that make money is more important for me than the management of it. So I delegate the management of it. Um, and, but it's so important because when my parents growing up with my, it was about bricks and mortar. It was about um, spending, uh, you know, exchanging time for money. Yes. Uh, no one knows our business like we do because we're in it every day. You know, yeah, but you're also miserable. Yeah. Um, and so their beliefs were not my beliefs growing up. And um, I love that I was able to witness that. Um, you know, they never got the experts in because they were the experts, you know. Mm. And so understanding now that uh, obviously they didn't have all the tools and technologies and opportunities we have now. But for, for myself, um, in terms of um, wealth management, in terms of wealth creation, I know to uh, call in the experts. Yeah. Mm. And, where, and, did, and then, where, did you, where did you learn that from then? You know, so if you had the example for your parents and stuff like that, like, was there something that, you know, sparked that in you? Or was that sort of something that little by little you're saying, well, you know, I'm outside of my skill set here i want someone i trust to do something for me and and that grew you know um into many areas of your life obviously yeah it um it was when someone um how can i say i'm i'm sure many people have come have done this you know uh you must be uh, uh good at the numbers you must be good at this you must have this you must have this uh, yeah, I've, I, I, I'm totally aware and I'm totally uh, cognizant of what I need to do. I also have enough self-awareness to know that it's not my genius. Mm. And um, it, it was the question, can someone do a better job at this than I can? And so we become very highly eliminated. Um, uh, our, our ego doesn't come online. Well, mine didn't anyway. It's like, oh, I... I need someone to help me with this yes. and I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to um, uh, uh, kill myself trying to, you know, um, learn this or I've had a conversation and it just seems to pop up people building their own websites. It's like, why don't you get someone really good to do it? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Rather than bracky, it's that understanding what our um, strengths are uh, and what we're not good at. 
but I'm the, always the, the big picture. If I can do this better by getting someone else, getting the experts in, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Um, where, did, where did the idea come from? Of course, when we hang around with mentors and teachers mm. um, who tell us how it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that uh, for me, certainly, you know, over the years, you know, probably very similar to yourself, you know, um, in a personal development, emotional, spiritual journey, you know, certainly being an entrepreneur, um, uh, I think that, uh, that, uh, that fire, that baptism of fire as an entrepreneur, you sort of, it becomes a very romantic idea to start and then, you know, really uh, often quite quickly, certainly for me, you know, the romance was gone after a, uh, you know, a very short period of time and then the reality of it set in and seeking people with some answers um, always helped me, you know, people who had, yeah. you know, uh, had more experience and had been there once or twice and, you know, uh, they, they were more than invaluable in, in my journey. And how lucky are we as entrepreneurs uh, because we're so open that we have that network? Yes. Um, of not only people who can do it for us, but they love it and they're really good at it. So, okay, can you have, you can have that? Okay, can we continue what, what, what I'm doing? I do really. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, talking about, um, you know, being entrepreneurs and work ethic, you know, so, you know, your, your history, uh, and, and I'm assuming it would have been for many years, maybe even a decade or so of, you know, 80, 100 hour weeks, you know, um, you know, obviously that would have built up a, a mental and spiritual toughness, you know, emotional toughness that you could deploy at any point now. But, um, you know, um, uh, talk us through your, your work ethic, your routines, your mornings today, because I know you're a massive believer in, you know, most of, you know, a lot of your day is about inner work and then I'll do the external work after I've done the inner work, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. Well, uh, a lot of people, if they were to look at um, my my life or the way I do things, and, and even yourself and a lot of the people we hang around, um, I have been told, you know, Pauline, you you must be so hard and you must be so regimented and so so disciplined and it's like yeah, I'm very disciplined. I'm not regimented. I'm very disciplined. Mm. Um, what do I mean by that? Um, I have practices so much so that there is no hesitation. We just do it. We just do it. And that is, that is the practice to shut down the ego rather than saying, I reckon the water is going to be nine degrees today. I don't know. We're going to just go in, just shut, yeah. the, shut the ego and go in. Yeah. Um, and uh, the word discipline means, uh, comes from the word disciple, um, a student, a constant student of life. Mm. If I continue this discipline, what will I learn about myself? If I continue this discipline, what will I learn about the faculty of life? If I continue to learn this discipline and if I don't do it, man, what will I learn about myself? <laughs> you know, and so there's these constant, constant uh, lessons. And what I mean by discipline but not regimented, I'm disciplined in my rest. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm disciplined in my play. Um, I'm disciplined in my joy. And so these become, um, uh, what do I need to do to feel the way I want to feel? If I don't play, if I don't rest, 
if I'm not out in nature, I know that my magnetism, my ability for manifesting, my ability to attract the people in my orbit who I need to attract to get me to where I want to go faster is dulled. Mm becomes dulled and so uh, one of the first things that I do when uh, even before I get out of bed so many so many people right would, would roll out of bed and and uh, you know grab their phone and check their whatsapp or Instagram or whatever yeah, take yeah. advantage of that time when we're, um, we're we're in alpha not not quite in beta yet because the doors to our subconscious is open and so I take that time to pray and meditate but I rehearse my behaviors we re rehearse our behaviors yeah we can visualize our day to a degree but we're not that powerful magic magicians as we live in this 3d world we don't um uh, live our lives wrapped in monk's robes sitting at the bottom of a himalayan mountain and meditating all day right yeah, yeah, there yeah. will always be triggers as soon as you walk out your front door there will be triggers right but how have I rehearsed my behaviors so that no matter what, I will be um, playful. No matter what, I would be the teacher. No matter what, I would contribute. We train ourselves so it can go back into homeostasis. And if I need to, I will step up and be badass if I need to. But we rehearse our behaviors so that we can come back when we're so easily, we can better regulate when we are triggered. Yeah. Um, and and all that starts, you know, if we are the victor before we even leave the door, <laughs> uh, days become fun. Days become yeah. fun. And then, of course, there's, um, you know, a, a whole lot of um, uh, nature's medicine, shamanic work that I do um, in the morning as well. Um, and if, if it's not your thing, don't do it. Uh, but I love to get up early. I'm talking 3.30, 4 a.m. early. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we don't need to sleep that much. <laughs> yeah, well, and um, it was an interesting article I was reading about uh, potentially you waking up at certain different times during the night and spending a few hours and then going back to bed for a bit of a nap and then getting up for the the early morning sun the red sun in the morning um, you know really good for uh, you know your body and stuff like that so yeah I mean listen you know what what would you say to um, you know those who think okay well you know if I get too carried away with discipline I've got no spontaneity in my life and stuff like that you know for me I I personally especially through business and having three children and and whatever like i like give me some structure give me some routine because i feel structure and routine and discipline actually gives me some freedom it actually gives me yeah absolutely yeah 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 so would, would, would that be something you'd say to people who's like you know don't take all the spontaneity out of life or whatever it is but um you know um uh so so much of um uh, so many of my entrepreneurs who I coach, and that's my niche. I coach already established entrepreneurs. Yes. And uh, I, I wrote the book, The Way of the Spiritual Entrepreneur, The Seven Secrets to Becoming Fearless, Stress-Free and Unshakable in Business and in Life because they were all my case studies mm. of um, doing things the old way when it was all about achieve, 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 achieve conquer 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 everything was a pissing contest yeah and they made themselves sick really sick 
I'm not talking, I'm not just talking about disease. I'm talking about the dis-ease, the dis-ease of their faculties, the dis-ease of anxiety, stress, overwhelm, paranoia, worst case scenario, fear, all that stuff. And uh, it got to the point where they say, enough, enough. Yeah. Um, there is no joy in my life. It's like, oh, because you thought success was how much money you got in the bank. <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of people who have a lot of money in the bank and they are spiritually bankrupt. Yes. What do I mean by that? They are devoid of spirit, of spiritedness, of fun, of play, of joy. And um, what is joy? Joy, joy can be just, uh, I had a, a student um, email me and said, Pauline, I'm doing your work and I feel like I need to run to nature every morning. And I, I, I'm, I'm drawn to touch the flowers and I'm drawn to smell them. And it's like, yeah, and that's all free, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that, that is joy. Yeah. That is joy. Yeah. Um, I, I had an, a, another person ask me, what is the first piece of joy that I experienced? Like, you know, waking up and making my bulletproof coffee. Mm. We don't do it. It's not mindfully. It's mindlessly. We savor it. You know, uh, I, I use only filtered coffee. Filtered coffee gives us energy. Espresso coffee takes our energy. So I, 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 I weigh the coffee. I put it to a proper temperature. I have a particular cup and saucer, which I bought at an antique store. I spoon my ghee, I get my MCT, and it becomes this beautiful, ritual. joyous ritual. Yes. And then to sit there and savor, savor. We don't savor anymore. We just chuck it down. And, <laughs> you know? In a hurry, and, quick, and, give me and, two and shots. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But yeah. uh, or, uh, then savoring is one of my highest values. Yes. You know, savoring the moment, savoring the conversation savoring uh, a memory of uh, that place in time of being having to in being able to invoke a memory and feeling it and teaching our bodies those emotions all the time and that that is what joy is it's just it's it's not this uh, false false excitement that people think it is it is the beauty of the moment and and there are a gazillion beauty of the moments all day, every day, you know, uh, watching the sunrise every day. Not only is there a whole host of um, scientific health benefits for it, scientifically proven health yeah. benefits for it, it's also seeing it going, man, this is magic every single day. You know, I coached, nice. a, yeah. <laughs> I coached a, a client at sunrise this morning and, and we were just admiring in awe, in absolute awe, how we've never seen that shade of pink before. Mm. It was just spectacular. You know, this is, this is what we um, uh, uh, have been, um, uh, this is the void that so many of us are missing. Yes. And, and certainly, certainly uh, as an entrepreneur myself, I think I've had uh, some experiences, uh, a bit of a journey in, uh, in that version as well, because feeling, you know, for many years, uh, giving as an entrepreneur, you know, certainly speaking from my own experiences and, and potentially similar to you you, you, you feel exhausted because you feel the entrepreneur journey was taking so much and you weren't getting enough. There was a negative, uh, a negative exchange. The, the business and, and everything surrounding the business took more than it gave back. You know, the bank account wasn't fulfilling the soul, um, you know, and you talked before about, you know, the entrepreneurs not that well. Uh, and I was chatting with some other entrepreneurs um, in the last uh, few weeks about not only the entrepreneur, the business owner, 
not being that well, but also um, sometimes business can be so dysfunctional, the people who work there aren't very well and nor does the business add any wellness to the world. It's, it's, it's taking from the world and, you know, and, and, you know, redesigning business in a way that the exchange that happens in all of the parties adds values, uh, adds value and brings energy back to, you know, everyone involved. And, you know, it sounds like that's maybe where your spirit and entre- entrepreneurship is, you know, having um, some impact with some entrepreneurs. Speak a little bit more about what you do with those guys. You know, I know people listening in will be um, business owners and entrepreneurs as well. You know, you know, interrupting and changing the way we, we do business and, and define entrepreneurship in the future. But on the other side to that also, Jason, is that I know a whole lot of spiritual people who have no money. Yes. yes. <laughs> and and there's, there's fear, there's sense of lack. They live in this quiet desperation, you know, and so understanding that a spiritual entrepreneur ha- is... Um, thinks of something bigger than themselves. It's always that question, what am I doing to push forward humanity? Um, And understanding that the new currency now is fulfillment. Mm. That's the new currency is fulfillment and and being a contagion, um, understanding the laws of influence. And, um, you know, one of the things that I do with the entrepreneurs is if, if whatever you are doing is not pulling you, and you wake up every day feeling pushed and it's a dread, then that is not your highest values. You are living by someone else's values. Yeah. You are living by someone else's rules, someone else's bullshit rules, because if they were your values and that was your truth, there is no, there is nothing but internal motivation and internal inspiration. Mm-hmm. There is nothing extrinsic that you have to, we, we, we are, tapped into this unbridled uh, yeah we have to do we have to work we have to do the work, do the work. but it but it, but it isn't hard work yeah having said that also we understand that um we're not in we're not part of this instant gratification piece you know because it is my highest values because i've designed it to be so i don't mind if i have to work hard yeah. I don't mind if I need to um, have the difficult conversations. What do leaders do? Leaders need to go first. Mm. We need to go first. And, and so many leaders are too scared to, to go into the uncharted territory because they haven't done the work. Um, because if they have to do the work, they probably have to do the work. You know, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of stamina and endurance and also a, a huge sense of desire, desire to walk down that really long haul of mirrors, really long haul of mirrors. Um, but the, the promise is on the other side, if you do the work, you will get the pay. On the other side, there is freedom. There is absolute freedom. And um, so with the entrepreneurs, the reason why I like to um, work with entrepreneurs, you know, I get asked to coach teenagers. They're not at the developmental level yet. Mm. Um, I I, uh, also with with startups, um, I believe, you know, that people don't really have business problems. We have personal problems that reflect in our business. Yes, very true. And, um, and when they 
uh, are able to understand, okay, what? I've got to work on myself. Mm -hmm. um, it's also very empowering. Because you, we lose our power when we say it's because of the economy. It was because of my ex-wife. It was because the, 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 the. how are we going to take our power back? You have to ask yourself, hey, what part did I play in this? What part did I play in this? If I made this happen, then if I take responsibility, then I could also fix it. Um, and so the reason why my work um, is... Uh, so fast uh, and it accelerates not only um, do we deal with the um, the semantic part being sure I have a master's in NLP um, CBT uh, I, I do a whole lot of in Enneagram work um, and but I also work on the so we do some work on the we, we do the talk therapy yeah. But talk therapy alone doesn't work, right? And so we also have to understand that a lot of it is somatic, the psychosomatic. Um, uh, you reckon you need plant medicine? How about I, I teach you how to get there through breath alone? <laughs> breath and, 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 uh, and intention and vibration and frequency and um, understanding that a lot of our fears, a lot of our, um, our drives, the anxiety can be neutralized with particular mm. body movements, um, with particular massages to particular organs and um, uh, understanding what, do you sleep a lot? You know, you don't need to sleep a lot. Do you rest? Are you a power rester? Um, the greatest achievers are the ones who rest because, um, you know, what are you eating? Are you eating a whole lot of dead food? Because then if you eat a whole lot of dead food, then you've got to sleep more because sleeping is mimicking death, right? If you're eating a whole lot of alive food, you don't need to sleep that much. The sleep industry has a lot to answer for. We all move differently. We work differently. We think differently. We play differently but we all got to sleep eight to nine ten hours how does that even make sense <laughs> you know if you are a power rester you don't need to sleep and mimic death you know yeah. and um uh, and i was asked another question the other day how is it that all the mystics don't need to sleep that much it's like well one when you understand the laws and understand that you that you can manifest stuff at particular times of the evening when uh, of the night time when the doors of dimension are open why would you want to sleep through that? <laughs> so you have particular powers at particular times of the night. You know, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to miss out. And, um, and then uh, there's a whole lot of, um, I call it soulmatic work. Uh, I am shaman from many lifetimes back. I, I teach shamanism. I practice shamanism. And so there's a whole lot of uh, multidimensional stuff that we do as well mm -hmm. for the acceleration, for the activation of what is already um, currently dormant in your DNA. And so it's re re unleashing, unleashing the dormant DNA so that you can reach your highest potential through um, the semantic, the somatic and the soulmatic. That's what I do with entrepreneurs. I <laughs> know, oh, I love it, mate. And and absolutely, uh, absolutely sorely needed on, on in the world of entrepreneurs uh, on, and redefining what it means to express you know, that entrepreneurial drive in a really healthy, meaningful, you know, value-adding way into the world. I think, uh, you know, certainly speaking from my point of view, you know, I've always known that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I was never yeah. going to, yeah, always, ever since I was, ever since I could remember. Um, yep. But really not um, understanding how to do that um, 
in a healthy, amazing way, having to learn at sort of the school of hard knocks. And if, you know, um, you know, um, that process that you're taking entrepreneurs through who are ready yeah. to, to, to do that, I think that's going to And add. the beautiful part also is that, um, and one of the things that, uh, for example, I, I have a um, very, very successful um, wealthy gentleman who uh, came to me uh, uh, in the middle of last year. And he had a whole lot of depression, anxiety. And I said, Dan, take a snapshot of where you are now because in a few sessions time, this isn't even going to be in your, in, in, in your front of mind. Mm. It's going to be, what else can I manifest? <laughs> what else can I manifest? And the beauty uh, of it all, Jason, is that when we play in quantum, when we play in a multidimensional world, it can all be done online and faster and yeah. faster because we're not playing 3d here we're playing we're playing a different game yeah what who said it had to be slow who said you know where, where, where are those rules written right you know um yeah you know, if you can and we get to think things into existence and speak things into existence and it gets so much fun <laughs> so much fun <laughs> i love it mate i love it well listen uh, it's been uh, awesome to chat with you today and uh, i could certainly sit here for another hour or two and <laughs> this conversation because it was starting to get into the deep and the meaningful and uh, i love that uh destination for for myself and i'm certain others listening in would love you know to go a little bit further with some of your stuff as well where's the best place to connect and and track you down you know if entrepreneurs are listening in if those who potentially want to you know um you know engage with you you know website is that the best way to sort of start following you around, find you on Instagram or Facebook. What's the best? Oh, yeah. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. But to go um, deeper into uh, my um, my uh, profession as a speaker, coach, mentor, teacher, um, facilitator, that will be on my website. Yes. Um, my my um, meditations work and they work in spades they're shared a whole lot of people around the world um as well as my book and uh my courses uh all on the website so the website is definitely where to go as well as you can contact me through the website awesome mate uh, we'll be sharing that around to all the listeners and uh, all of our crew have got it too so fantastic you are amazing to chat to and uh, a lady that is certainly adding huge value to the world and appreciate you taking some time to chat to me and share some of your wisdom um, and uh, energy with uh, the listeners today too. So thank you, Pauline. Appreciate everything. You thank you, part. Jason. And thank you to your listeners. Thanks for having me. The joy was mine. Awesome. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us on The Wealth Faculty. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe. We're all good podcasts are found. You can find us there. And if you want to watch it, you can subscribe on YouTube, Positive Mentor TV. And until the next episode, take care. Bye for now.